0: time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their stools, They're set apart, consecrated under God. and They've got a vision and a mission for their life. I want to talk to you tonight about Noah. Can you say Noah? Noah. Genesis chapter 8 verse 6. Let me read this. Genesis chapter 8 verse 6. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you for what you're doing here. God, we thank you for the privilege to be your sons and daughters. Thank you for the privilege to be in people that fast. We thank you that you're doing something in our midst that we cannot see. And God, we want to be people that walk with faith. And so, Lord God, we believe that you're working in us as we give up iTunes and as we give up meat and sweets and as we give up Xbox and as we give up, as we voluntarily forego things for the sake of pursuing you, we pray, Holy Spirit, that would you illuminate uh, your word in our hearts tonight. Amen. The name of my talk tonight is A Whole New World. Please don't sing Aladdin. But the name of my song is A Whole New World. Can you say a Whole New World? I hear people singing. <laughs> I don't know about you, I don't, but I've had moments in my life where I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. I was shocked. I was surprised by what was ahead of me. One of those examples was in 2003, I took the furnace to India. And uh, we got off the airplane. We did the deal. We were gone for three weeks. We were in India for three weeks. And so while we were in India, it was a bit shocking to be in the middle of you know a culture where You know, people. Literally, I saw like a bus hit someone on a bicycle, and then the bus just keep on going. And then I saw like cows running through the streets, and it really, really smelled really bad. And I was with with some of my friends, and I just wasn't ready for what really took place on the streets of India. I'd grown up, you know, in America, and pretty shocked by it. Shocked by some of the culture. I was hanging with some of my friends. One of the guys named, well, Josh Finger was one of the guys. Another guy there named Keith Barnes. He's a friend of Stefan's, childhood friend. And uh, something happened on the streets of India. wouldn't happen in America. We were on the streets, of it, uh, streets in New Delhi. And literally this dude looks down at our friend Keith and goes, monkey poo, monkey poo, monkey poo, monkey poo. And my friend Keith looks up and literally there's monkey poop on his foot. And so the the guy's like, for 50 rupees, I'll wash it off. And Keith is like, ah, you know, looking at it. Doesn't know what to do. So he pays the guy 50 rupees. The guy cleans it off. And then the guy takes the monkey poo and throws it on Josh's finger's foot. Monkey poo, monkey poo, monkey poo. (laughs) So then Josh threatened to beat him up. And it was just awkward. It was like all these different, all these different things, all these different moments where it was kind of like, this isn't this is what, I, what I'm used to. This isn't what I'm comfortable with. That happened to me when I moved from Idaho to Oklahoma in the summer between sixth and seventh grade. Any seventh graders in here tonight? Seventh grade, there you go. And uh, i had grown up in a Christian school. I Grown up in a small town, and I'll never forget going to the first day of seventh grade. Arrived there on campus, and I was really hip and cool. I was four foot four, and showed up with tube socks, pulled up to my knees in green stripes, day one, and I uh, was wearing cleats. Cleats are cool to wear to school. <laughs> I was wearing a t-shirt that was too tight that said Northwest Nazarene College on it. That's cool. And literally, I had grown up in a Christian school, and all of a sudden, for the first time I was at the secular junior high, we had 1,600 kids in my school, and all of a sudden, I literally was around kids that were cussing and were into fashion. I'd never been into fashion, as you can tell. And I just remember kind of like, man, this is, this is a whole new world. This is, this is different than what I've known in the past. Another time that I remember that, it felt like a whole new world, and When I was 19 years old, I was hanging out with some leaders that were revivalists. They were eager for God to move, and we committed to do a 40-day fast together, and we did this 40-day fast, and so I was a freshman in college, and so I went through kind of 40 days of it kind of being different on college, kind of, it was kind of strange. I literally ate every meal in the cafeteria, and when you do a 40-day fast, and you suddenly aren't in the cafeteria, and I was getting, you know, really skinny, and, and, uh, I would literally go to my, go to my table with like, like 17 glasses of orange juice and grapefruit juice and my friends all thought I was the weirdest person around. I'd be like, what's up? And uh, we finished the fast and I remember talking to my sister, my sister Deborah, it's my triplet sister, we were talking one time. It's right after the fast and I remember trying to convey in language what God was doing in my heart. And I remember trying to convey this new level of excitement I had for God's activity. I'd grown up a Christian. I'd grown up in church. But I remember trying to explain to her how I actually was connecting with it in a whole new way. I was was enjoying worship. I was interested in the, in the scriptures and the Bible, and I was believing for a move of God. And, and realistically, I hadn't talked a whole lot of move of God stuff, but really, I was, I was excited about it. I remember trying to convey, hey, I like worship more. I like prayer more. I like the Bible more. Truth be told, I like food a lot more than I ever have. I, I, it's, it's, it's like literally like like God is doing something in me. God's doing something inside of me. And the only way to explain it is, is everything seems new. Everything seems exciting. And everything seems more some things were, uh, the, the weight of sin, the weight of, of pursuing the world was heavier and grosser to me than it had, it had ever been. And it was kind of like I was just, it was like I was like, opening up and seeing my life with a whole new lens. And it was like I was seeing things differently. And the power of a, of a 40-day fast radically changed my life, radically changed me. And right now we're in the season of 40 days of fasting, and it ends, it culminates as we have thousands of kids who are going to join and come on our campus on June 24th, and that's the day that ends. On June 23rd, we're going to break fast here together, and we're going to celebrate what God did. But in that moment, there's obviously the big question, what will God have done? Will these 40 days be something that we do where we just hold wristbands and we go without a podcast or we go without music? Or or will there be on that day statements of the activity of God in our midst? Will we be talking about, hey, I believe that God is doing something in us in our midst? My prayer and my hope is that literally we kind of move out of where we've been and go into a whole new world. Go into a whole, a whole new experience, a whole new level. <laughs> a whole new level of intensity. Another level of prayer. When you look at Luke chapter four, Jesus is, gives us the example of doing forty days of fasting. In fact, for thirty years, Jesus walks in total perfection, absolutely blameless. And then, and then, when he's about he's about to go into ministry, and so he goes down to the Jordan River. And you're familiar with the story because John the Baptist baptizes him. And then in Matthew chapter four it says that Jesus literally is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he's tested by the devil. But in Luke chapter 4, when it tells the story, it says that when Jesus came off out of the wilderness, was done with being tempted, he'd gone 40 days without food, he fasted and prayed, he'd been tempted by the devil, and it says this, in Luke chapter 4, 14, it says that Jesus was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I can try to encompass in one sentence the desire that's in the heart of our staff, In DLA, in the furnace, for you guys and for us as we go into a new season, it's that we would come out of this season full of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's that, like Jesus, we would come out of this, and it wouldn't just be, hey, would you go without, hey, I skipped breakfast, hey, I stopped dating my boyfriend, hey, I stopped dating my girlfriend, hey, I only wore pink for 40 days, or whatever it is. But that we would come out of this with more than just a story of what we gave up, but that we would come out of this with a story of what God is doing in our hearts. That we would come out of the season with God moving within us. So I wanna wanna talk to you tonight about a a whole new world as we move forward together. As we kind of take hand in hand and try to build everything that we do on passion, intercession, consecration, and mission. As we look beyond just ourselves and step out and look at our schools, as we go into the fall, as we start campus mission groups, and I know some of you, you're used to living your own life the way that you do life a certain way. And this fast is gonna be a season where we're gonna ask God to transform us and change you, literally change me, change us as individuals. And We wanna walk out of this with a greater desire to spend time alone with Jesus every day, to literally go to lead or be a part of a prayer meeting every week, that you would fast a day a week, that you would give yourself to rescuing others, to rescuing orphans, to evangelizing, but thinking about rescuing the destiny of other people. But, but, but in order to do that, it's going to take something supernatural. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit because you live in an age where it's so tempting to live totally focused on yourself, totally materialistic, and do a little bit of church, you know? Put your toe in the water and do a little bit of church. We don't want to do a little bit of church. We want to see a move of God in our city. We want to see a move of God in our nation. And so this 40-day fast, this is not cute like Hey, let's just wear a red band, smile, and talk about how we gave up Facebook for a while. But this is, we want to come out of this with our eyes fixed on Jesus, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I, my hope is that, is that, is that and there's nothing, there's, there's nothing that's like magical, you know, There's nothing that's like, boom, in a moment. But I believe over time, God does soften our hearts. God does touch us, transform us. We believe that when we walk by faith and step into things supernaturally, that God starts to move in us. And I want you to increase your expectation. Increase your hope, your faith of just what might God do in your heart. What might the new day look like? Maybe it will be a whole new world. Maybe it will feel like a whole, a whole new day. Genesis chapter six through nine, we have find the story of Noah. And I love Noah because it says that Noah was a man. It says in, in Genesis uh, six that Noah walked with God, that Noah was blameless. It's intriguing that the man that God trusts to literally save the world with a boat is a guy that walks with God is a guy that's blameless. Noah walks with God. Noah walks blameless. And all the people of Noah's day are walking in sin. Sound familiar? It's very easy for us, very easy for us to try to tolerate and try to bring in the way that our friends are, the way that sin is, and try to get away with as much sin as possible. But the person that God rewards in Genesis 6 is the person that walks differently, that walks with God and is blameless, literally has a different lifestyle. We call it around here, consecration. Noah was consecrated. He was God's. He was set apart to be God's. No, and God decides He's going to destroy mankind. And I just want to stop right there in the story of Noah. Noah's walking with God. Noah spends time with God. Noah knows God. No one knows God. <laughs> no one knows God. Make that a t-shirt this summer. No one knows God. And and then God decides He's going to destroy the world. Just, just, just kind of interesting. You know, God's going to literally flood the world and. The Bible says that everything that has breath that was in the flood, their lives were destroyed. I know that sounds kind of scary to you, but it's kind, of, it's kind of also good for us just to hear how big God is. Like God goes, and there it is. He goes, I'm gonna save Noah and his family and the animals and everybody else goes. <laughs> the response of your heart should not be, well, how come that God, The response of your heart should be, oh! God, you're big. God, uh, whatever you want. Uh, God, you're awesome. Uh, God, what do you want me to be? Uh, God, what do you want me to do? In my truck, I've, for this year, I started listening to the Bible uh, on CD instead of listening to the radio. And I remember when I got through about Deuteronomy, you know, I, I came home one day. Renata was making dinner, and she was like, how was your day? And I said, everything was good except for the ride home. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm listening to the Bible on CD and God is big, God is really big. And sometimes he just swallows people up on the, with the earth and they just go away. She was like, yeah, I know that story. I was like, yeah, listen to it again, it freaks me out. She was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, sometimes he just turns people into salt. She was like, yeah, that's kind of a, That's kind of a big deal. I was like, yeah, yeah. sometimes he takes some people like through the Red Sea and then everybody else, they all die in the sea. She's like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm scared. God's really big. She was like, yeah, what do you think we should do about that? I was like, I think we should be God-fearing people. She was like. So God literally decides... He's gonna flood the earth that man's wickedness had increased, is what it says in Genesis. Man's wickedness had increased and so he's gonna destroy the earth or destroy the people there. So he decides to save Noah because Noah's a righteous man and he's gonna save Noah. He's gonna save Noah's family. He's gonna save the animals and so Noah brings in two by two animals, birds of the air. God says to Noah, Noah, go build a boat. Boat. You know, big enough to bring in like all kinds of animals and Noah starts building a boat. Which is interesting because it's a really, it's really, I know most of you think, you're, you're most of you, <laughs> when you think of Noah, you think of Steve Carell. I want you to delete that for a minute. And I want you to think biblical Noah story because it didn't happen in a suburb. But Noah begins to build a boat and it takes him 100 years to build it. And, you know, you've got lots of friends, Noah, I'm sure, and he, for 100 years, builds this boat. He invites, you know, he has all the animals that come on the boat with him. Then when we read the story, when we read the story in Genesis, um, they go into the boat, and for seven days, they just wait for the rain to come. So I've always wondered what those seven days are like. You know, like, you go into the boat, that you've spent your entire life, I mean, a a century. I mean, think about a century. I mean, think about what was happening in the world in 1910. (laughs) 1910, I mean, that was like pre-iPhone at least. I mean, like 100 years ago was way different than it is today. Imagine someone taking 100 years to build a boat. Then you go in, you got all kinds of animals in there you're hanging in and out and all your friends are outside the boat thinking you're an idiot. What are you doing in there, man? Just waiting for my invisible God to send rain on the earth. What's rain? Water's gonna come from the sky and kill all y'all. But I'm gonna just hang out in here with these animals. and I, I don't know, I just, it just sounds comical to me. Like it sounds like a crazy, crazy story where you just have to walk by faith. And you know, if God asked Noah to build a boat for a hundred years, to go into a boat with animals two by two, hang out for seven days before the rain even comes, and to walk on that level of faith, how much more ought we think that these 40 days in faith that God is working among us? Like it's so easy for us to think, well, who knows what God is doing, or not wanna walk by faith, but think about the level of faith it took for Noah. Think about the faith that it took. When we read Jesus, Jesus says in Matthew 6 that he rewards those that fast in the Sermon on the Mount. We probably do pretty well to believe that God is at work among us as we fast. Going without, you know, meats and sweets or going without Facebook for 40 days doesn't look nearly as silly as building a boat for 100 years. Stay the course. Walk in faith. Stay with it. May 14th, 12 days ago, we started this fast. And I want to encourage you, friends, stick with it. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up early. Don't press delete. Don't give up on it. Whether you see it or not, God is at work in your heart. God is working. So Noah builds The boat and goes in for seven days, and seven days waits, and then rains come, or rains actually come up, and rains come down, and floods go up. Anyway, and so literally Noah's there, and then it says that it rained for 40 days. Now, I know you're familiar with this in Sunday school, but I want you to imagine the amount of rain that it takes to flood the earth to where everything dies, every animal, everybody, all the people, everyone. I mean, 40 days, flood the earth. Now, if you're in a boat, I don't know if you, I've been water skiing where it started to rain and everybody freaks out. <laughs> imagine 40 days, cities are destroyed, people are destroyed, and just just picture you're in the boat. You're in the boat, you're, you're one of Noah's family, and imagine just thinking about, well, Everything that I've ever known is gone. I mean, all your friends are gone. House is gone. Everything that you've ever known. Other than God is still God. You've got your family and there's a lot of animals to re-animalize the earth. You know, that's it. That's it. You've got, that's, that's all you got. Imagine the, the level of like thinking through, oh my goodness, when this thing's over, This is a whole new day. This this is a a whole different place. Noah, at the end of 40 days, opens up the window. You know the story. He sends out the bird, you know, to go see if there's dry land. And literally the whole earth, everything looks different. And God, God has done something and it's a new day. The wickedness is gone God's completely starting over. The whole world looks different. And after 40 days, obedience for Noah, 40 days later, he sees a whole, a whole new world. And kind of at the risk of, of sounding overdramatic, as I pray for you, my prayer is for an overhaul of the way that we live among us. Like we're trying to pray and put the pieces together for this to be a whole a whole new world. For this to be really different, for us to go into a place where every single one of you on an individual level is walking with passion for God and spending time with Jesus' is every day, where you literally want to spend time alone with God every day. That's that, that that's gonna take God doing something in you. Intercession where you lead or a part of a prayer meeting every week, that's gonna take that's gonna take a level of intensity like we don't like we don't know. I mean, consecration where you would fast. We're starting to put some of these things together because we're wanting to see God do something totally new. It's not like just, hey, you know, we want to kind of go from one week to the next, kind of do church together. But I want to warn you, this thing is kind of nuts because as we pray as a staff and and with DLA and with the Furtis, we're praying for an awakening. We're praying for a move of God that that isn't like youth group. It's not like church. It's like God. It's God. We want a massive movement like we read about in histories of old. God, we're, we're asking for you to do some incredible things. And that's going to be inside of your heart. That's going to be what God does inside of you. Our prayers and inside of each one of you there's an internal thing that God does where God literally rearranges things and you don't live life as usual but you live with an urgency, yea, a desperation for God. Can you live literally desperate for God for his kingdom on the earth? That you're someone that talks about Jesus, sings about Jesus, worships Jesus, prays to Jesus, tells people about Jesus. It's like, I, 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 I want to warn you. Some of you are like, okay, you know, hey, well, maybe David and his staff, they're going to calm down one of these days. We're not going to calm down. We're only going to get crazier. Like, we're, we're kind of like, I mean, Austin's up here kind of being like, hey, kind of Austin is 10 times crazier like that when he drives you to the airport and quotes Old Testament scriptures. He's nuts. Where did this thing the Tyrell right now is fat. he's on a major fast. He the guy is not the guy is intense. I just gotta warn you. I just gotta warn you, I just want you to know that we're kinda, I know it's kinda like we're, we're kinda like baby steps forward and it's kinda like what are these guys really about but I wanna warn you, the thing the, the, the thing that's going on in our heart is we want we want not just that you would walk in those things but every meeting that we do every retreat, every camp everything is leading this way that when we come together, that there is major, major passion going on that when we come together, not that there's seven or eight kids down here going you know you are holy and you are awesome, but that this place is absolutely nuts with worshipers. That literally, literally there's, I mean, it stinks so bad up here because there are there's literally hundreds of teenagers worshiping God, hands raised, tears, dreams, and visions. That's where we're going. Where we're going, when you want, you want to know where we're going with intercession Dan Perkins is building over here the Furnace Prayer Room night and day prayer in one room with teenagers filling the prayer room all the time. Amy is putting a Starbucks machine just to make sure we go through the night. We're going to have a Starbucks machine keep you caffeinated and we're going to pray through the night. That's where we're going. We we want to make sure that we literally, prayer meeting before this, it's not just a prayer meeting before we gather on Wednesday nights. We're putting a prayer meeting every day, every day to cry out for God to move so that your schedule isn't like, well, I'm trying to decide which sport to do, when, and this. It's like, you know what, Um, let's see, okay, I could play cricket or racquetball or girls' foosball, but... I think I'll forego that this year because realistically, my heart yearns and aches for the prayer meeting. That's, that's where we're going. This, it's not like, hey, we're going to do one 40 day fast. We're going to wake up seven years from now and be like, remember seven years ago, we were like so, like such young zealots and we call the 40 day fast. No, no, no. By then it's going to be like, ready for another 40. Here we go. If you want to know where this thing's going, I mean, I'm just warning you, some of you that scares you, some of that excites you, but you need to know. You need to know that that's what's starting to burn inside of our hearts. We're wanting to put a prayer meeting on every campus in the city, and we're not like, oh, we hope maybe it's kind of fair. No, no. We are working. I mean, Stefan is spending hours strategizing. How are we gonna do it? How are we gonna make it so that there's literally a prayer movement on every campus in the city? That's where we're going. Junior high, high school, that's what we want. And and I know you're like, whoa, I don't know. Listen. Listen, you never know what God will do. I remember being in Phoenix in 1997, hanging out with a guy who literally, I thought was the craziest guy I'd ever met in my entire life. And he was like, we're gonna bring hundreds of thousands to the mall, Washington, DC. And I was like, cuckoo, cuckoo. Three years later, God brings 450,000 teenagers to fast and pray on the mall. I believe, I know God wants to do stuff promises of God over this church are just beginning. The promises of God over this church are just accelerating. We're going to move forward. Consecration, I want to invite you guys, at the conclusion of this 40-day fast, the last, the very last thing we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask you to take this fast to lead you into fasting with us every Tuesday. As a staff, we've been fasting every Tuesday actually for a couple years. And we're gonna invite you. We want you to, to whatever you can forego, we want you to go without something. And every Tuesday, we as a ministry, we're gonna fast every Tuesday. David, isn't that kind of extremism? No. Watchman Nee calls it the normal Christian life. This is what we're called to. This is what we're gonna build it on. This is where we're going. Yes, we wanna play like crazy. We're gonna have... Late night parties all the time this summer. Uh, I don't know when, but we're starting that. I don't know what we're doing, but I know it's gonna be cool. And We're gonna play and do all that. We're gonna continue to do some of that stuff, but man, at our core, this is the people that we are. I want inside of you, I want you to have an expectation for a whole new world. I want you to have an expectation for a new day. I want you to see see things. I want you to picture and envision That when you bring your friends to this house, healings happen. When you bring your friends to this house, literally they walk in, and the presence and the power of God is so strong that they fall on their knees and repent and say, I'm a sinner, I want God. That's that's what we're dreaming. That's where we're going. So we're we're in process. We're we're gonna make a lot of changes. I, I want clarity. I want clarity, I want one vision. Everything that we are under the banner, desperations, passion, intercession, consecration, mission, that's who we are. We just, I just want one name. Right now we have like 17 names. I'm dropping a couple of them. We're just gonna be desperation student ministries. That's who we're gonna be. We're all about desperation. And under the banner of desperation, these are our core values, passion, intercession, consecration, and mission. That's where we're going. Desperation student ministries. I wanna be more effective. Right now, right now we're reaching mostly high school students, just to tell you exactly where we're at. In this room, in this meeting, it's mostly high school that are here. There are some junior high, and I'm thankful for the junior high, but I wanna be more effective at reaching junior high. So starting in two weeks. In two weeks, we're gonna actually be more deliberate about intentional ministry towards junior high students. And me, some of the staff, and some of the interns are gonna be over here in the tent. We're gonna do a meeting for high school. Junior high is gonna be right over here here in the Tag Chapel. Some of our staff and some of our interns are gonna do that meeting. We'll start at the same time. We'll worship, we'll pray, we'll do the same announcements, and then we'll do the same, uh, same sermon series. Jared Newman and Austin will be the primary teachers right over here in, 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 in JV, or, uh, in, in the Tag Chapel, and I'll be right over here uh, in the tent. And so that's gonna look a little bit different because we wanna be intentional about reaching junior high kids. If we're gonna reach the city, the way that this is set up right now, we're not gonna reach junior high students. We're just not. The most effective time that this church has ever reached junior high students was, when, uh, was a couple years ago when they had their own meeting and we're gonna go back to that. We're gonna go Wednesday night. You have your own meeting over there uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna be call this thing desperation. That's where we're going. For, and, and literally on, July, on June 24th, we're gonna have thousands of teenagers enter onto our campus. Let me tell you, my hope, my hope is that as we come off this 40-day fast, it won't be a novelty, it won't be cute, but that we'll have us down front worshiping, praying, leading thousands of teenagers in pursuit of God. That when they walk onto this campus, that you guys will have prepared the way, like John the Baptist prepared the way, you guys would be a praying Fasting, worshiping, I mean, absolutely nuts for Jesus kind of people that when they get here, the power of the Holy Spirit is in our midst. That we would be filled, like it said in Luke four of Jesus when he came off of the fast, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We wanna be like Jesus. We wanna be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and we'll do whatever it takes to get there. If that means 40 day fast, great. That's what we'll do. If you're in, stand your feet. Let's pray together. Hold out your hands like this. God, we want to go to a whole nother level. Come, Holy Spirit. God, mark your people. God, I'm not content to just teach every week and hang out. God, I want to see nights where literally hundreds of teenagers get saved all at once. I'm not content with where Rampart is at. Where Pine Creek is at, Discovery Canyon is at, the high schools in the city are, the junior highs are. God, we want to see a move of God in our city. We don't want a band to get the credit, we don't want an internship to get the credit. We don't want a church to get credit. We want Jesus to be exalted. Hearts are growing. Love for you. Desire for your ways. Have your way in our midst, God. Have your way in us, Jesus. God, I pray for strength for my friends on this fast. God, I pray that when they look back at this fast, that you'll have done a new thing. You'll take them to a whole nother level. Go into literally God that you would propel us into a whole new world, a whole new day. We want passion in our hearts for Jesus. We want everything we do to be built out of the house of prayer. we be set apart and marked by God. We want to make disciples as many teenagers in this city as possible. So we say, Have your way, God. Have your way.